You don't take the action or step of faith unless you have something you're moving toward. Well, welcome to the Shepherd Heart Leader podcast, where we explore topics that help you care for those under your leadership. Today, we're going to talk about looking forward and looking back. Now, some of us, like me, I can get stuck a little bit in the past, but there's others that are great at looking forward. So jump into this conversation as we talk about this topic. All right, Nate. Yes. We're, uh, we're now in 2024. Yep. And we're looking back, 2023 was a great year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it marked 10 years at Emmanuel yeah. as lead pastor. Talk about some of the things that you've learned in the last 10 years looking back. Yeah. Well, when you hit those milestones like we did, you do a lot of reflecting. Um, you think back on how things started, um, how things went, and uh, how it's going now. It's kind of like the meme that's out there, how it started, <laughs> how it's going. And uh, and I there's just nothing but good to look back on. You know, the psalmist was able to say, um, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And uh, when we look over our shoulder, even our, our mistakes, even our failures, even our things that didn't go the way we thought should go, those are covered over by the grace and the mercy. And uh, I truly can look back at a 10-year snapshot and go, wow, look what the Lord has done. When you and I jumped in, we were like, we hadn't been thinking about being lead pastors. So uh, we stepped in and we're like, where are we going? Well, I didn't have a 10-year plan. I didn't have a five-year plan. I didn't have a one-year plan for where we're going to go. I just had a prayer closet and uh, and said, okay, let's go. And the Lord brought vision our way um, as we went. So, you know, 10 years ago, we were one location church. And uh, today we're a four location church. Um and uh, the dynamics of, of differences between a one-location church and a four-location church are pretty profound. And we, we can go, wow, uh, we've had to change, and not just me and you and leadership style and how we do what we do, but our church has grown up, too. We've evolved. And, you know, I look back and go, wow, that's pretty cool, because as a 60-year-old church, oftentimes churches get stuck at a certain level, and they get caught up in their legacy or their history, and they don't change. They don't stay on mission. And uh, with God's help, uh, through all three lead pastors of our church's history, we've always changed, and the people have gone with us. And um, we've gone through building programs and uh, capital campaigns, some of it (laughs) that was a challenge for me, um, but we grew through it. um, And uh, we've seen staff come and go. Um, We've seen kids that were in kids ministry and when we came 10 years ago that are now graduated. And, and some of them on launched staff. And launched and they're on staff. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot can be accomplished in 10 years. And I think we underestimate what can happen in 10 years and we overestimate what we can do in one year, as Mark Batterson talks about. And, and I, think, I think, man, there's just been a lot of really, really good Things. So big things, uh, if I were to do snapshots, one to four locations, I would say our our stewardship generosity part of who we are has really grown and the, the vision for local and global and future um, has grown in our people's hearts. Um, um, just short of $2 million um, in 2022 in Kingdom Builders, and then we keep going uh, and we're breaking thresholds and 
and people are wanting to go, you know, even with COVID and everything that happened with COVID, um, but kind of shut down trips. But now we're seeing an emergence that's stronger than it was before COVID. And we have more and more people going on Kingdom Builders trips now than ever before. And, and when that happens, the light bulb comes on and people attach their own personal life to the mission of God. Um, it changes them when they come back. And so I look at that and I go, that's pretty spectacular. I think that we've seen um, in the process, a number of worship albums have come out of our church, uh, songs that our people sing and, and other churches sing. And man, that's been really incredible. Um, and uh, and there's so many different creative voices that come out of it. Our, our online broadcast and the, and the engagement with people through our online broadcast has really grown and uh, we're connected every weekend. We get people joining us from all over the world and uh, and then they're commenting whatever channel they're watching us on and um, and I think that's pretty amazing uh, in a 10-year snapshot. You and I personally have gone through change. We've had a few changes in the and last 10 so years. And so all four of our sons graduated, all four of our sons now have been married and uh, and now we have grandkids. three grandkids and uh, wow, I mean, so even our family has expanded and grown. Um, in the last 10 years, I finished my doctorate. Uh, you got credentialed and licensed and ordained as a minister. Uh, wow, look at all of that. Uh, the ministries that have grown underneath you and the sisterhood side of things and, and then connect groups and, uh, and growth track. Here's our little plug for growth track anytime we can, right? And and you were able to take what we already had with a growth track type thing and, and grow it and work with a team of people and it's really making a difference in the church. Um, so that's been spectacular. We started Manual Leadership College a few years ago and Dr. Lori under her leadership has really um, established something really great as students are graduating with accredited degrees. Some of them have been hired on our staff. Others have gone on to other careers, but they're successful and they're, they brought life to our church. And uh, in the last year, it's, it continues to grow. And I think the future's bright for that. And so that's cool. Um, in the last year. Yeah. Let's talk about the last year, 2023. Yeah. What are so, some of the highlights from 2023? I mean, yeah, it's really hard to think back to where, where things were a year ago. Um, you know, in my calendar mind of a year, uh, we always start with some form of a of a prayer seek focus and a prayer and fasting and that kind of thing. And then we go into vision night and then we talk about what's coming, what could be. And Which we have that coming up again real soon. Yeah. Super excited about it again. I got some new vision. I'm not going to share all of it right now, but. Um, come to vision night. There you go. You got to come to vision night. Um, and for those of you that are, are not a part of the Emmanuel family, our vision night is what used to be called the annual business meeting. And we've kind of shifted out of that. We still have some components of, of our local elders and our, our board or global elders, we call them, um, that we affirm them in, the, in a meeting and we pray and lay hands and that kind of thing. But we share big vision for the, the church and what I hear God saying for our church. And so I'm excited about that. But when I go back to the beginning of 2023, um, man, uh, we, we could not have envisioned what would happen within our church and then what would happen with world events. Yep. 
And, and so, and you felt like God gave you a couple of words. Yeah, for the that year. the words last year were look and listen, mm-hmm. and uh, and looking for the things that God has in front of us, noticing people, noticing the harvest. It's white and it's ripe. It's ready for harvest, um, and noticing those things and seeing what God. But listen to the Spirit and. and, and he would tell us, this is the way, walk in it. So we want to be people that listen to the Spirit. And we did a, a Holy Spirit night uh, last year in, in January that was powerful. It was kind of spontaneous where I just said, hey, we're going to do a night. Announced it one week before and about a thousand people showed up. And, That's crazy. And tons of people experienced the Spirit baptism in, in new ways. And it was just really cool. So, you know, we kicked the year off, started the year off really connected to the Lord. And of course, Super Sunday is always fantastic. And, uh, and, um, yeah, like the second Easter. It is actually for us, we get more guests come on Super Sunday than we do any other time of the year. It's like an easy invite for people to invite their friends to come and hear a somebody from the sports world talk and that kind of thing. But it's very clear. We do worship still, <laughs> still do the gospel, still do a response time. And, and people give their lives to Jesus. We run to so many people. That was their first Sunday yeah. at Emmanuel. So, um, and it was cold. It's going to, you know, it always gets cold in Minnesota newsflash in, in the first part of the year. But so we really began the year rolling into something really fun and, um, and as we hit March for us last year, that marked our 10 year uh, yeah. anniversary as lead pastors. And uh, I was so blessed, honored by the church as people wrote out notes uh, to you and I, and um, it was just overwhelming the love that we felt and still feel from the people of Emmanuel and uh, just really something special to be a part of. So looking back, that's how I kind of felt now we were also given uh, some extended time uh, off as a, as a thank you for the 10 years and thinking about the next 10 years. And that's funny because that's always tough for me because I'm like, I love, like, wait a minute, we can't take time off during harvest. Uh, <laughs> that, I had to adjust into taking that and, time off. But it and it's true, you know, uh, rest is a biblical thing one yes, day a week, is. you know, and, and taking that time, you know, both of us like to keep plowing on. So Get addicted to busy. But we were able to go to Israel. Mm-hmm. and Yeah. That was and, actually before he took time off, but that was... Yeah, and that amazing. led into that whole time period. So when we went to Israel, we were able to begin the process of thinking about the kingdom of God and the Bible. We were with 30-some people from Emmanuel and um, walking in the land and to think about more current events going on in Israel. We were there right before it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, thank you, Jesus, we got to go. And walk where Jesus walked. And how did that trip impact you? So uh, for me, the most profound moment, um, well, first of all, we got there, went to Tel Aviv, and uh, then we went on the coast and uh, got to see um, the sea and uh, the ocean. But then we were up in northern Israel, and we got to see where uh, Mount Carmel was and... uh, and, you know, there were so many just, I, I'm, I've got so many memories even thinking about spots in the Bible that we've read and then 
like Caesarea Philippi, for example, here's this kind of rock formation that was a temple to other gods. And, and right there is a space out in the outside of Jerusalem and the highways and the byways where there are other religions. Jesus declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, like if he declared it there, he didn't do it in like the holiest place in Jerusalem. He could do it in Minneapolis. He can de- establish his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it in Elk River or Lakeville or Maple Grove or Spring Lake Park. And, and so, you know, just filled my tank. But then by the time we got to the end of the week, we had gone down um, on the eastern side of Israel down to the Dead Sea. And then we came up literally. Dead Sea, the Dead Sea. That, that wasn't, that huh? was not my favorite time. On you that didn't trip, like the no. Dead Sea. I just liked it because it's, you know, you see And like the Dead Sea because I slipped and got salt in my eye and yeah. I'm like, this is overrated. But okay, go on. <laughs> this Sorry, is overrated. In there. Yeah. Well, and it is the lowest place on the planet. Yes. So, but then you go up from that lowest place on the planet and you drive the road essentially up into the mountains where Jerusalem is. And as we're going up and there's so many things about Psalms, for example, that make sense when you traverse that road where like... Um, the Psalms of Ascent were about a pilgrimage from people all over Israel walking up literally geographically, topography wise, up to Jerusalem, singing those songs. It was a journey. And then we went into this tunnel. And when you come out of the tunnel, it's the whole old city of Jerusalem. Yeah, that was amazing. And what did I say when we came out? I'm like, I feel like I'm home. Yeah. It was like, it just, I couldn't describe it. It was like a supernatural connection. I'd never been there before. Um, But because so much of our faith was rooted in in the Bible and the Bible um, was written, we were in the land of the Bible. It was so powerful. So anyways, uh, we went and we toured the city in the old city of David. We went um, on the outside of the uh, temple um, gates. And uh, and then we went to what's called the Western Wall. Some people call it the Wailing Wall, but it's, it's called the Western Wall. And uh, we're allowed to go in and women are on one side and then go up to the wall. Men are on the other side. And you're, you can take little pieces of paper and write out your prayers or your thoughts and stick it in the crevices in the, in the wall and to pray. And something incredible happened. I put my hands on the wall and I began to pray for my, for you and pray for our kids and grandkids and pray for our church. I don't know how to describe it other than I felt like time and space went away and I was there and I was praying with other saints of previous generations and I was connected to an eternal kingdom and I had tears running down my face and, you know, I began to pray in the spirit and, uh, um, I don't know how much time went by, but I know we had to get back with our group, but it was, I had just, just, I was weeping and I felt that sense of connection to a larger kingdom and what God is doing. And, and I even thought of my grandparents, uh, my grandfathers, both of them who love Jesus and are around the throne today and and just that sense of an eternal kingdom, that spiritual side of things. So that was so powerful when I went back. I didn't even have words for it. I think I, you yeah. said, so what were you thinking? I'm like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. No. So, yeah, that was that was cool. So that's like three a quarter and a half of the way into the year. And then we went on 
on some trips. Um, we were able to go see some places in America that we haven't been. You got to go to Niagara Falls. Yeah. I'll, I want to quick uh, share one of my Israel takeaways. Oh, yeah. When we were there, uh, there was a moment that everyone was able to get baptized in the Jordan River. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to do this. I mean, it's a little bit commercialized and stuff. And I had one of my friends on the trip say, Jody, I really want you to baptize me. So that was actually the first time I got to baptize someone. So that was really cool oh. and epic. And I felt like, well, no, I need to get baptized. And so then I line up. I'm like one of the last ones and you're the one doing the baptizing in the Jordan River. And I, you look at me and go, well, do you want to say anything? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> this I'm getting baptized as a Pentecostal. And you're like, well, that's kind of big. Yeah. And just as just before I got baptized, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you're going to leave fear in the water. And it was like such a moment for me that, you know, there are times when you can really sense that the Lord is speaking to you. And that was one of them that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Spirit was saying that to me. And so it was like when I went down into the water, it was almost like this out of body experience kind of feel like and came back up and I was different. And I have been different ever mm-hmm. since just knowing that, um, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of yeah. love, power, and a sound mind. So that was my moment that I didn't expect in Israel. Like that was a lifelong dream of yours to travel. Yeah. Looking back the last 10 years, I don't, I haven't traveled. I have hardly traveled until yeah. this last 2023. So yeah. now you can jump into That was the, our year of travel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I'm, to me, traveling was like taking a risk. And I thought once the kids graduate, then I'd be willing <laughs> to travel. And then the last one graduated and COVID kicked in. So all the trips that we we're going to try to take in 2020 didn't happen. Yeah. So 2023 was the yeah. year. And so one of the places you wanted to go bucket list was Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls and Canada. I've never left. I, I've only been out of the country to Mexico and now to Israel. And so I'm like, you know, we we live in Minnesota. We've got yeah. to go to Canada <laughs> at some point. And so made it to Canada this year. And we stayed on the Canadian side, yeah. got to walk. We got like 20,000 steps a day walking along the... And saw some of the great lakes in the area. Yeah, that was really fantastic. And when we came back from our time off, um, God was moving in our church yep. and... Uh, not that the church doesn't need us, but we're not the only most important part of the church. We're a part of the church, and it's just great to watch what God is doing and the people of God. And, and I was going to say, even on that trip, too, there was one other, not to Niagara Falls, but we had, had a chance to visit another church. And mm-hmm. uh, we, they preached on spiritual authority and spiritual you know, I don't know if it was, I wouldn't say warfare, but spiritual yeah. authority. And I was like, wow, this is God's in this. And then you got prayed over. We both got prayed over. And yeah. then the next week you got called out at a church that we were visiting while yeah. we were uh, out and they prophesied over you. Yeah. And that was kind of a real cool thing for me to witness and listen yeah. to. That and it was a speaking. promise that we can hide in our heart about the future Yep. and what God wants to do in Emmanuel. And so, yeah, yeah, that was super great. And, uh, and then we went full speed ahead into the fall as a church um, and just watch God at work. Um, just recently heard all of the stats about number of baptisms and that kind of thing. In a year, we've had a record number of people giving their lives to Jesus and uh, go, going public with their faith through water baptism. And man, just significant, really significant things. And then we completed some building projects um, in the last year. Elk River finished. A beautiful project uh, there, additional kids facilities, larger lobbies. It's really fantastic. And then Maple Grove also did a a refresh that was 
super amazing. Uh, we welcomed uh, brand new uh, location pastors in, uh, Grant and Natalie in Lakeville. And uh, so it was just, there's a lot of new things that have come into the mix that have been a lot of a lot of fun as well. And Emmanuel Family of Churches is starting to get its yeah. legs. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so got put in my heart years ago um, the idea that um, we can't have our only relationship with other churches can't just be adoption. <laughs> so we've we've adopted three other churches. That's our three of our four locations are um, adoptions. And uh, that can't be the only way that we have a relationship with other churches. We're a strong church. How do we help other churches without just adding churches to our, 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 our Emmanuel family? So we, we started the Emmanuel family of churches. And those are churches that want to run with us in the sense of heartbeat. But they're their own church. They're not an Emmanuel label on it. They don't become our franchise, so to speak. But the leaders of those, that church, the the senior pastor, the the senior pastor's team, even the board members, we can cheer each other on. And and so we launched it last year, and we started with a, a group of about ten churches. Um, we don't we're not trying to grow really massively or anything. That's not our goal. We just want to. When we gather, encourage each other. So we do uh, a prayer retreat once a year. Last in 2023, we did a, a a prayer retreat that was powerful. That is, teams came in from Iowa and Minnesota, and, and uh, we just prayed together um, and gave powerful. space for God to speak uh, to the leaders of a church. And then we prayed over each other. Um, I remember Pastor Choco came in and spoke a word over it, um, us as as churches and. And that's one way where we can gather together and just inspire one another. Then we do, uh, uh, based on role, we do like a monthly um, uh, Zoom call with those, those pastors. So I meet with the lead pastors of the Emmanuel Family Churches once a month for about an hour on Zoom. And we encourage each other, share ideas, and then we champion a value. And um, it's just been real fun to hear and, you know, Iron sharpens iron. Um, youth pastors do that. Next gen as well, and then worship, and so, and then even on the business side of things, um, operations, we're encouraging one another. So we got that all off the ground in 2023, and it's already fun. It's uh, it's, it's moving along. So we enter the year. A lot of good things. A lot of good things. I, I'll have to throw in one of my highlights too. Is a big sure. search. We yeah. did a big search with Free International here in Minnesota, yep. and uh, that was really fun. We had, I don't, it was a lot, 155 or so from Emmanuel yep. that participated in that. And then I was able to take a small scout team out to Las Vegas to see how they work the command center. And there was a few times that I was contacting you going, uh, better pray for me. <laughs> this is kind of scary. But uh, earlier this year, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was just like, you're too comfortable. And so uh, for sure, jumping in on some of those kingdom builder trips, like the big search definitely is getting me out of my comfort zone. So, yeah. yeah. So now we've got uh, some of the highlights. What have been some of the challenges maybe of 2023? You did mention how we got new location pastors, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some of the challenges, I guess? You know, there's always going to be turnover and, um, that's because not everybody's on the same life for life plan. Um, some pe- people are assigned to be a part of a church family for a season. 
and others are meant to be there for a very long time. So um, there's going to be turnover. People are going to take their next step. You know, we want to be a greenhouse for the kingdom where um, people, the, the, the ceiling is always raised. There's always potential for growth. What do you mean by greenhouse? So a greenhouse would be a place where people can be planted and grow and sometimes they're going to be transplanted. But we can see more and more future development um, of growth in individual lives and families. So not just on staff, but also within our church. And so people are going through um, changes in career and they move from one state to another. They, they transition from one part of the Twin Cities to another part of the Twin Cities. And uh, sometimes that means a, a shift in where they attend church or there's something else going on. And so that can feel like loss. And in the social media era, uh, the people that once were with you now are with another group of people. And, and it shows up on, it. yeah, and they post about it. And so, uh, and that happened in 2023. It's it's not new, um, but it happened. With that, there's also opportunity to uh, grow yep. and have new people come in on the staff side of things, welcoming new people. Um, sometimes as promotion, you know, or somebody moves from one area to another and they're growing and um, and so uh, we we had that this this last year. And, um, like you said, it's not new, but you've also told me it's not unique to mm-hmm. Emmanuel. Like no. this is yeah, like newsflash. This happens everywhere, right? Yeah. And uh, sometimes we have this this uh, utopian dream that everybody's going to stay with us forever. This is not it's not even realistic. Um, you and I went on our own journey, yeah. right? So, um, and that's going to happen. And and we bless people. One of the things that I'm committed to is that if someone's planted in our church or on our team, that when it is time for them to go somewhere, and it's not with us, that we they don't leave us. We get to send them, yep. and let the blessing go with them. That, that they're alumni for life. Um, they're a part of the family that we don't just cut them off because they're not doing the same things with us anymore. But there's a, a sense of connection moving forward. So that's kind of the attitude that I, I like. And then look for the good and what's next. Um, you know, Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind me, that forgetting has an I-N-G on it. <laughs> it means uh, that it's an acti- activity of the, the mind, the mindset that I'm not going to hold on to the loss. Um, I'm going to acknowledge it, maybe. It is loss. You know, grieving is a real deal. Um, that's okay. I mean, we don't just stuff feelings. But we don't ruminate and revisit loss over and over, stirring up negative emotions or anything like that. That's just not healthy. It's not good to be around somebody that's like that sometimes. So, um, you know, forgetting those losses of 2023, we press on. And, um, and so we can thank God for his grace that covers over the things that didn't go the way we thought it should have gone. And then we have that strength and courage to step into the next. Right. So now looking kind of at present day situations and culture, uh, looking at 2024, mm-hmm. what do you see? 
So that's a really big question, question. Jody Roosh. I know you can Uh, keep some of it for the vision meeting, but yeah. No, what I hear you saying is even outside of our church. Yeah. What's going on in the world and what elections and yeah. So, um, well, we know what 2020 was like the last election year, right? It was um, constant mega storms, if you will, of things, everything from uh, COVID lockdowns and to George Floyd in the aftermath of that to uh, mandates, our kids going to school and all that, and the election. That was 2020. Yeah. Um, are we going to see the same level, the same things? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, be, because there's massive overreactions going on in society against everything. It's an outrage culture, a call-out culture. A, um, cancel culture. A cancel culture. Um, yeah. And uh, there's a book I've read recently that it's not a Christian book, but it's an analytical look at, um, it's actually the follow-up to the coddling of the American mind. It's called the canceling of the American mind. And it does a great job of looking at kind of the backdrop. Why are, why are we where we are at? You know, in higher ed, um, you're not allowed to share some things that might be truth because it might offend somebody else. Whereas historically, it used to be the education was the arena to debate different ideas. Now they've removed those ideas as quote unquote unsafe. Well, that unsafe kind of um, aspect has become canceling. And so if you aren't on the dominant think side of things and anything else is canceled, and we're beginning to see that play out um, at the end of 2023, it was all about Israel and Palestine. And there's no dialogue in the conversation. It's like polar sides. And even to the degree where anti-Semitism has been okayed in our culture, um, and uh, which is so dangerous, it's demonic. It's actually rooted in in ancient spirit spiritual battles, I think. Um, and and yet the uh, conversation might include, well, well, then how how can you support one cause? without demonizing the other cause. And it's a, it's a landmine avoidance exercise for many people in society right now, including leaders in churches. Like, how do you talk? What do you say? Um, what you say is bound to offend one group of people. And uh, so do you avoid all of that? Well, that's not the biblical way. The biblical way is still to address things. Mm-hmm. But if we address those things, is there going to be a backlash and I think we can anticipate that in 2024, especially because politics is the tail wagging the dog. Um, there is a, there's a, <laughs> uh, they will, the political uh, marketing um, uh, levers are going to be pulled to get people to demonize the other side. In, in our case in the United States, you know, it's Republic, Republicans or Democrats. And now there's a kind of a new independent emergence, but all of them are going to point the finger at everybody else and not at themselves. And in the middle of all of that um, is the church. And so the church has still got to be the church without letting the tail wag the dog. So looking at different generations, 
they view politics different. And I'm thinking about the shepherd-hearted leader. Mm-hmm. How do they? How does a young shepherd-hearted leader navigate that? Some maybe don't even have time to jump in to watch the news, and who knows what's even true when you hear news and where to even go to news. But how do we navigate like all these challenges coming up? Yeah, yeah. On one end, you got the ostrich approach where you just bury your head in the sand, <laughs> and on the other, you become a weaponized per- person where you're slicing and dicing from the pulpit. So from a, a, a pastoral lens, and even like, let's say you're a business owner or you're a, a leader in a PTO or whatever, um, the the overwhelming draw to try to pull you into a fight, try to get you to, to swing against, quote unquote, the other side. And what I think we have to do is really embed ourselves in the word of God and righteousness that comes from the word, not from your social media feed, Mm -hmm. not from a talk show, not even from this podcast, but to look into the word and what does the word say? And the word often, the living word, Jesus, when he came to the earth, it was much like today. There were groups of people in Israel and Jerusalem that, that were pitted against one another. I mean, you had you had the ancient uh, Jewish people who had their own religious government, and they they uh, they had issues. So they had issues: the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and and the income that was coming in, and. There was accusations against even within religion, um, and Jesus, you know, is raised um, around that environment. But you also had the Herodian government, which was kind of like the state government of the line that wasn't Jewish, but um, it was there, and they were part of the governmental structure. And then you had the Roman Empire that was this dominating force that came in to run over everybody. And there were rebels within that. There were people trying to overthrow the government. The Herodian government was trying to curry the favor of the Jewish leaders and the Romans. So they were playing both sides of arguments. And then the Romans like didn't want major issues. They wanted peace and they wanted the money coming from that region and the control. So they would manipulate. So there's a lot of manipulation going on. All that to say, if you look at what Jesus did, he didn't really engage in a a lot of those debates. In fact, he would talk about his kingdom being different than that, you know, and and even on his own team, his disciples were like, when are you going to overthrow the government? If you're the Messiah, when are you going to take this thing over? And he goes, I just told you plainly, my kingdom is not of this world. And so he had a different value set. So I think church leaders need to follow the way of Jesus, not overlooking unrighteousness or injustice. I mean, Jesus addressed injustice, not just through his talk, but by his actions. I mean, he went to those that nobody else would talk to and healed the sick. He went and spent time with children. He crossed barriers and spent time conversationally with women. And that was a no-no in that that day. I mean, so there was a a leadership principle if we watched the way of Jesus. And then when he was asked a question, he did give an answer. So like he was asked a question about, should we give money to 
to God or to Caesar? And what do you think about taxes? And Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God's. So he did address it, but he addressed it rooted in the word. And then when you look through the gospels, Jesus would quote big chunks of scripture in a Twitter soundbite. Mm -hmm. So you got to look back and see the larger context in the like chapters from Isaiah, not just the quote. And he, he followed the biblical way. I think that's what we have to learn to do. So much of our our responses and our dialogue is coming from or borrowed from um, some other source than the kingdom of God. And I think our leaders have got to lean in and go, what does the kingdom of God look like in this era? And I think that is, brings up another interesting point is there's so many Christians who are on social media, on you, like just podcast everywhere that you can hear their opinions and they all have different ideas on how people should interact with today's culture. So how do you even decipher? You know, there mm -hmm. might be, as a pastor, pressure to respond a certain way on social media mm -hmm. just from what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. I guess some days I some days I don't love social media. Some days I like it, and other days I'm like, man, this is makes it tough. Yeah. Just because there's so much comparison and people start canceling you or judging you or you, you should yeah. respond like this. Yeah. You've got to take a stand. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we just can't take the bait, yeah. right? Um, um, the bait of Satan is bitterness, um, and I'm I'm not going to take the bait. I, I will address the things that I feel like God wants me to in the right context. For me, that means in the pulpit or in a one-on-one -on -one situation or in a shepherding situation, not in the general square. So, because I don't know who I'm hurting. I don't know who I'm. Um, on social media, um, so I'm 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 more. I want to practice wisdom in that arena to recognize that not everybody listening, looking at this, is a person in my church. So I'm not going to give them the same thing that I would give our church. So um, you know, be very intentional about what I preach or what I share within the context of the church because I'm addressing the church. The things that Paul said, for example, in all of his letters were to the church and um, they weren't to the Roman government. Mm -hmm. They weren't to other th them. Now, he did some things in, in his text and even in uh, John did in, in Revelation. There were revolutionary counterculture, but they were about the kingdom of God. And I think that's why we got to know what the kingdom of God is. And we got to pray. I mean, we got to be praying more and we got to be tapped in more to what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do on a day-to-day -day basis so that we don't miss it. And uh, we want his kingdom imparted in our life. And we got to have that coupled with the word of God and just expect God to do amazing things. And in the middle of all the smoke and the chaos around us, let the church shine brighter oh, in yeah. the middle of darkness. So looking forward, what are you sensing the spirit? I know Recently, I heard you share in a prayer service about what the Lord was speaking to you about praying, praying things through and praying against principalities and mm -hmm. powers. Do you see more um, breakthrough prayer on the horizon mm -hmm. here? Um, yeah. What do you see this next year? Yeah. So um, first of all, we're about to go on a series um, breaking through where I feel like God wants us to to do the inward work of plowing the fallow ground, if you will, of our hearts so that we're receptive 
to the reign of heaven so that we can receive what God wants to do. And sometimes the busyness of life and the clutter of life can block out our ability to receive the kingdom of God. So I think that the people of God have got to lean in in their own heart to, to receive things. And uh, so that we have the strength that comes from him. The joy of the Lord is our strength, not the joy of Target or Amazon or whatever else. And so giving that space and leaning in. So we'll do 21 days of, here of, of, of prayer and um, and we'll focus in on that. So that's more about the inward work and the tilling of the heart. You know, Second um, Chronicles 7, 14, if my people call my, my name will humble themselves and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. It's about us doing that, not just about pointing the finger at the world around us. If we do that and we're in a state of humility, then I believe that God has also called us in the spiritual dimension to win the battles that are out there that we can't see. There's an unseen battle going on. Paul talks about that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities in high places. And so there's a battle going on, not just in our life in a selfish viewpoint, but in the city around us. Mm -hmm. There are things going on that are rooted in, in ancient things. So when you read the Bible and you see things in the Bible that are, are spiritual battles, uh, Daniel comes to mind when he would pray. There's a spot in Daniel where he, he prayed for weeks and there was no breakthrough. It felt like nothing was happening. And then the breakthrough came and the angel came to him and said, we were in a battle. I couldn't get to you because there was a, a battle, a, a spiritual heavenly battle taking place. So it, it requires a maturity on the part of the believer to recognize one prayer, prayer is not a breakthrough. That sometimes we got to keep praying. We got to keep plowing. And then it also means that when we're praying, there is a hierarchy in the spiritual dimension. So um, on the enemy side of things, um, Satan has forces, an organized army, if you will. And... Uh, and they, he has strategy, and his strategy is to manipulate people by influencing people and the natural human beings that are in high places of influence. Yeah, I think it's easy for us to forget that there is an enemy, that there is a devil yeah. that is seeking to devour, yeah. destroy, yeah. kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah, and there are, and what he's doing is influencing the next generation, for example. When you talk about social media, well, there's algorithms that are written to direct the, the next generation into thinking a certain way. So um, and TikTok has influenced a generation over the last 10 years in ways that we don't even understand. Mm -hmm. And there's a high, there's spiritual forces in high places that are manipulating those things to get the mind and the hearts of the next generation off righteousness and truth. And, uh, and so you see the explosion of, of I, sexual identity issues and all these other things going on in the next generation in a very short amount of time. Um, kids that are confused and the enemy is sowing seeds of confusion. And when he can get a person confused, they're not going to fulfill the purposes of God on their life. And so I think the enemy is trying to manipulate that. So how do we beat that? Do we protest 
TikTok or some other, and that's not probably the way that we're going to win the battle. The way we win the battle is getting on our knees and binding and loosing mm-hmm. in the spirit and learning to pray spiritual warfare prayers and, and breaking through those things. And um, there are what the Bible calls strong men uh, over cities that um, embed themselves into places of education, of commerce, of influence, even at, like entertainment. And, uh, and there's a spiritual thing behind it. We don't wrestle against the flesh and blood that we see, but there's a, there's a spiritual force behind that. And one high place uh, demonic stronghold can influence millions of people. And so there are things going on in the, in the spirit, in the twin cities. And we're like, what's going on? And we're watching education and laws change. And we're watching um, people in high places make decisions in government and that kind of thing. And I think the people of God have got to get on our face and we've got to do some spiritual warfare to break through what the enemy thinks he owns, he doesn't own. And God has called us for such a time as this, as a church. And I'm not just saying Emmanuel. I mean, the big C church to win the battle on our knees. So looking forward, what do you say to the young leader or anyone who's listening? How they, how should they look back on 2023 mm-hmm. and look forward to in 2024? Yeah. So first of all, I say look back and give God the glory. Give him the praise. He brought you to this point. You made it this far. You are a survivor. So you have something to stand on. Um, Anything that is negative or loss, count it all as loss in a sense. It's gone. Thank God that you've built and grown on the positive side of things. But on on the other side of things, don't carry it over. You know, um, you and I, when we were on a, uh, on a flight, you took a carry-on suitcase. So did I. Um, don't carry the baggage of the past mm-hmm. into this year. End it. Just say, hey, that's done. It's now under God's grace. Mm-hmm. But now I'm open to anything you want to do. Start afresh saying, God, what do you want to do new in me and the people around me, in my family, in the leader, people I lead? Lord, what do you want to do? And give him space. And that's where the tilling of the heart comes into play, where you've got to give him room. You got to give him time to do that. Um, you got to you got to give him space to do that. Sometimes it's fasting and prayer, but let God speak to you, encourage you. And if you don't have that encouragement, talk to people and be around people that are full of faith because it can be contagious. Nope. So get around people, get people close to you that aren't negative and aren't pulling you down all the time. And and uh, and pray together and believe for good things and for what God can do next. Um, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So there's got to be a picture emerging of hope. Where are you going with this? What's next? Yep. And let God begin to see uh, seep into your heart his, his optimism, his his picture of what could be. And that doesn't mean just conquering more kingdoms and getting more money or stuff like that. It could just mean I'm going to hear better. I'm going to see signs and wonders. And I like the other part of that scripture is evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of things not not yet seen. Yeah. And that's sometimes hard to have hope. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't take the action or step of faith unless you have something you're moving toward. So don't be moving backwards. Turn the the corner and go, okay, where are we going next? 
and uh, believing for the good things and believing for the people that you lead or the people that are underneath you. Um, sometimes I have to, as a leader, if I'm a shepherd hearted leader, I have to say, Lord, would you give me a new vision for our people? Help me not get stuck in ruts on how I see th- the people that I lead because they could grow. And if I, if I have a boxed in view of the people I lead, I might not help them. I might not give them more opportunities. I might not believe in them and they feel that. So I need to have that fresh um, view of the people that God has called me to lead and say, good shepherd, what do you want to do in the people I'm leading? All right. Well, thank you for sharing all your insights. And, uh, <laughs> good things are to come. I'll share more on Vision Night. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Shepherd Hearted Leader podcast. As always, if you are new to our podcast, we encourage you to follow and subscribe. And if you were blessed by any of the content today, we encourage you to share this podcast with others. Uh, We will leave resources about Emmanuel Family of Churches in the description. Until next time, keep leading well.